0: Welcome to I Got Back Up, Getting Back Up With. I'm Talia Lazarus, your host, and in August 2021, my whole life changed. I was in a road accident, which led me to 10 weeks of no walking, knee surgery that September, and double knee surgery in February 2022. After learning how to walk again in my 20s, my journey took me on a physical, emotional, and mental roller coaster, and I was broken and lost in every way. But then I learned I had the ability to change my own life and write my own story. So think of a taboo subject that's not always spoken about. Here we confront it and run towards it head on. Rock bottom becomes a safe and comfortable place. Rising from the ashes, taking control of your life and showing up to your fears takes something extraordinary. The hardest step is the first one, but once you take it, you're already one step ahead of yesterday and one step closer to everything you have ever dreamt of. I had to get hurt a lot to write this book. I wish I didn't, but I had to. Explains Jennifer Woodward, author of 90 Days Without You. After learning that when she tried to put drugs and alcohol down, she couldn't, the word codependency began to resonate, and the understanding that she liked to be in romantic relationships with people emotionally unavailable. Taking a deeper dive into her childhood, Jen learned that although her parents were there physically, they weren't there. She didn't see intimacy modelled between her parents, and she felt emotionally abandoned. My husband's early complaint was, I would like to spend more time with you, Nobody's ever said that to me," describes Jem. So, why did looking back on her childhood and understanding her triggers, habits, and coping mechanisms affect her life? So, on today's episode, I'm with Jen. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good, thank you. I'm good. So, as you know, the floor goes straight over to you, and (gasps) let's take it away. (laughs) Shock, 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 shock. Well, the um,
1: I believe the subject of our talk today is love addiction. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's love addiction is that um I've just published a book where that is probably the most prevalent topic mm-hmm. in the book. And um people always want to know like what my lived experience is such a big deal <laughs> these days, which I have issue with, but that would be like a whole another conversation. Yeah. Um but I can say my story started my story into like my relationship with love addiction consciously, right? Because I would say it was something I was dealing with my whole life. Um, About 20 years ago, I stopped using drugs and alcohol, which I mean, like to say that's life-changing is such an understatement. Like I got my whole life back. And one of the things I love about your pod is how you talk about Sorry, I just realized my mic is over here and I'm leaning forward. <laughs> Hopefully you can hear me. Okay. It's how you talk about the road of recovery and how um the day-to-day aspect of it. And um when I put down drinking in particular because like for me it was like really Like I was, I thought I just like was really cool and had this really cool drug problem. I was like, oh no, 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 I can drink alcohol. And like, I quickly learned as I tried to put down alcohol and I couldn't that I had a problem with that. Mm -hmm. And when you, when I started this sort of path of sobriety and everything, you just, I just met so, so many people, so many different addicts. There was even at one point, I don't even know if it still exists, but there was clutterers Mm -hmm. there's a group for clutterers and like, there are just so many, um, there's so much support. And one of the things I really, that really just resonated with me immediately, this is now going back 20 years was, um, the word codependency Mm -hmm. and love addict didn't really come into my lexicon right away, but I really quickly learned that I liked to be in my romantic relationships with people who were emotionally unavailable to me Mm -hmm. and that that was my choice Mm -hmm. and that in a sense, like I was addicted, if you will, to those types of relationships. And so from there, you know, I'm like doing all these things. And like one of the gifts for me was that, um, I was so I was in such agony before I started on this path that when people made suggestions to me to try doing this, try doing that, like, you know, I I would just do it Mm -hmm. because I was desperate. Yeah. You know, so I just followed instructions Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and um, it was when I stopped drinking, I also like, it coincided with the end of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And um it was suggested to me that I try not being in a relationship for 90 days. Mm-hmm. And I had like the next relationships lined up. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can do that. Of course I can do that. Of course I can do that. Of course I can do that. And what I did was I had the next boyfriend ready to go on a date after those 90 days.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I was just like straight back in relationships. So I did that ninety days. Yeah. But I just kept like but I didn't really do it. It was almost like what people would call, which I don't know if this term makes sense, but like sort of being a dry drunk, where, you know, you might stop drinking, but you might not look at why you were drinking mm-hmm. in the first place. Um you might not get support for it. Um but that's what it was like. And I did so I didn't really put down relationships for 90 days because they were always sort of buzzing in the back. And it was like yeah. I was holding out for day ninety-one, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. And um that's not what happens in the book, which has the title 90 Days Without You, by yeah. the way. <laughs> um, so then like I found myself in yet another relationship where uh I was cheated on. And that was a big theme mm-hmm. in my relationships. And for the first time, instead of thinking what's wrong with the other person, it just like hit me. Like, you know, you have those moments in your life where you're like, (gasps) oh, and I was like, oh my God, I'm the common denominator. It's always me that's Mm -hmm. choosing. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. It's me that's the one who's in it. And I was on the floor. I I couldn't. I couldn't I just couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't I couldn't think how will I live differently? Like how will I do this differently? But luckily by the time that happened, I already had the template for how I gave up um being addicted to drugs and alcohol, you see, which had been successful. And I was like, "Right, right, right. Okay, okay, okay." And um so I got a lot of support. I read a lot of books and it was like It's like a drip, you know, it's like slowly, slowly, one day at a time. And like, that was years ago. And to this day, things start to like fall into place. Mm -hmm. And like the main thing that I did, um, some people don't believe in doing this and, you know, everybody has to do what they have to do. I don't think the way I do things is the way for everybody at all. But to me, it took a really deep dive into my childhood. Mm-hmm. And that was painful. And I love my parents. And they're both still alive. And I really believe wholeheartedly that they absolutely did the best that they could. But my experience as a child growing up in my family, where I had... I, 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 I didn't want for material things. I can't, you know, complain at all. I had a wonderful education. You know, that was really important to my parents. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't have was them. Okay. They were there physically, but they weren't there. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad uh, was, well, my dad wasn't there physically a lot of times. He was constantly at work. And um, he had a really... um, he was really good at his job. He was an expert in his field. Um, he specialized in, um, discrimination and law and he's, he did so much good for the world, but he, I just like never saw him. Mm-hmm. And my mother suffered from depression, which meant that though she was physically there with mm-hmm. us, she just wasn't there. She couldn't, it was so hard for her to cope on a mm-hmm. daily basis and when um i have an an older brother and a younger sister and my brother and i were together for well i was there with, for nine years he was there for about 10 before my sister came along
0: mm-hmm. and
1: during that time my mom was trying to get diagnosed and it was such a stigma you know we we were irish catholic in the suburb of boston and there was such a stigma and you know but both parents now uh, and I think this is through the work that I did because I was able to go to them and be like, in a non-judgmental way, mm-hmm. because I really don't believe in blame. Mm-hmm. I really think blame is useless. Mm-hmm. You know these these patterns that they had, they inherited. You know, mm-hmm. and they inherited. And what I was looking at is, what did I inherit? Yeah. And because when I was little. I never had, well, first of all, I didn't see modeled, I didn't see intimacy modeled between my parents. You know, I didn't, I didn't see them not like, and I don't mean sexual intimacy. I mean, like emotional intimacy. I didn't see that between them. And I certainly didn't have, I certainly felt emotionally abandoned myself, Mm -hmm. But what I understand from the work that I did on myself is that these patterns, it was so important, it's so important it for a child to feel loved, Mm -hmm. that those patterns were all I knew to be loved. So I just recreated patterns where people were at work all the time or having affairs or involved with their own addictions all the time. You know, and then they'd come and they'd be like, Yeah, no, no, I'm having a relationship with you. And I'd be like, Yeah, okay, we're having a relationship. This is what a relationship looks like because that's what it looked like when I was little. And it wasn't until like I went through the pain of it and I was like, Wait, what? Wait, 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 hold the phone. This isn't right. And Mm -hmm. I went back and I looked at what was going on in my family that I was able to then change what I was looking for. And I spent like a year. Hmm. It started off, I was in therapy, like, because I was really on the floor and I was in therapy like four or five times a week, which is, I know a luxury and unbelievably expensive. And, um, but I, uh, I was lucky at the time I had a little, I had a little money and I had, um, I hadn't, my parents didn't know what was going on, but I, I said, I need some help. And they Hmm. sent me money uh, Hmm. for the therapy. Bless them. And I did that. And like about a year late and like I had like this woman I would talk to, and she would be like, Jennifer, keep working on yourself. Keep working on yourself and your antenna, your picker, if you will, like what you are attracting in the world is gonna change. Mm-hmm. And when I eventually did, like after this sort of year of like, whoa, and I did start dating again. Um one of the first people I started dating, who you just saw, who built this (laughs) sound studio, he was like, his complaint early in the relationship to me was, I just um, would like to spend more time with you. Mm -hmm. And to me, nobody had ever said that to me before. I'd always been with people who weren't spending time with me, yeah. but then coming back and being like, yeah, yeah, we're in a relationship. You know, they, they probably were thinking it was fine the way I was. And, um, when he said that, I was like, oh man, cause that's what it's about. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know? So that's sort of my story. The other thing I would add to that is that I found my friendships during this time period yeah. to be very, um, What's the word? I found them to, I was so used to, if you got upset with somebody, you had a fight and then the friendship was over. Mm -hmm. And because I was meeting all these sober women and sometimes you'd have a fight and sober women start to say, you know, I'm, I'm, They say, you know, I'm upset with you because you didn't show up that night. You said you were going to come and I really was relying on you to come and you couldn't come. Then the other person has the opportunity to say, I know I said I was going to come and I feel really bad that I let you down. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Um, The reason I couldn't make it is that I was exhausted and Mm -hmm. I felt like I was getting sick, but I know I let you down and I'm I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. And then the other person feels better because they apologized and then the friendship goes on. Yeah. As opposed to, I can't believe she didn't show up for me. She said she was (laughs) going to show up for me. She knew that was a big deal for me, that thing. And she didn't come and not talking about it. And then the rift starting in the friendship and growing away, growing apart. And because that was being modeled for me on this, you know, journey of recovery I was on, that I started to, I started to filter that into um, my romantic relationships. Yeah and it was it was it was like modeling. It was modeling intimacy, you know?
0: Yeah. With a friendship,
1: it's obviously not sexual, but the sexual intimacy is just one layer. You know, there's also mm-hmm. the, the emotional and the um spiritual intimacy yeah. is so much more.
0: Yeah, it's often you know, it's all yeah, part definitely. of the same thing. Well exactly, because that's kind of with relationships in general. They're all you know whether it's you know you have the sexual intimacy or you don't there's still a there's still a relationship you're building on, you're working on and yeah. so it makes sense but what was the kind of what was the reason then that you did decide to you know, give up alcohol and go sober well i had
1: um it was because of the drugs it was um yeah. i was in new york and cocaine was a big thing in my circle and um i, I just knew i couldn't do it and there's also like when you say that like Everybody knows you're not supposed to do that drug, right? Like we all know that. So it was like it was quite like, Yeah, well, I'm gonna give that up, but I found that I couldn't. Yeah. I found that I I personally could not. If mm-hmm. if if it was around, I would I would do it. And so when I started to try to give that up, it was put to me that I was gonna need to give up alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, No, 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 that's not my problem. <laughs> you know, that's not my problem. But that, I found that when I drank, I would then do drugs. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I couldn't give up the drugs without the alcohol. Yeah. So then I tried to give up the alcohol and that's when I found out, oh my God, this is even harder
0: mm-hmm.
1: than the drugs. Like this is harder. And this started way before, you know, cause I would have had my first drink when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and, I was 31 when I was doing Mm -hmm. this. So that's a, that's a long time to have been drinking.
0: Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. And then do you think that obviously when you did start giving that up, that's when you moved into, let's say the love addiction, that's when you kind of, did you replace it or? No, I wouldn't say I replaced it because I immediately
1: started looking at, Mm -hmm. um, I, would, I wouldn't say I replaced it. I would say it was always there alongside yeah. it. And it just was harder, if you will, to get sober, if you will, mm-hmm. around it. Like, it's really easy to be like, this is a substance. I can't put this substance in my body. But when we're talking about relationships, yeah. which we all have all day long, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a much more nuanced thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I understand that. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's always, I guess, there isn't, it? it's always under the surface. But sometimes, suddenly, like you are, you know, you said you're, you're forced to face it. And, yeah. you know, when you said you realized that you were the common denominator. um, That's definitely a hard, um, you know, it's a hard kind of fact to face when you yeah. realize, wait a minute. Is like is this me? What, what what's going on that I'm attracting these certain types of people? I'm constantly being hurt, or I'm, I, you know, that you're like, what, what what is it kind of thing? So it makes a lot of sense. And I guess that's the thing is, what would you say to somebody then that kind of is in this similar position where maybe they've just realized that they might be the common denominator? What would you say to them? I would say amen. <laughs> you know,
1: excuse me. I, but I would, I would say, amen. I would say like, that's the first step. Yeah. You know, because until we can look at ourselves, there's nothing's going to change. And unless something changes, nothing changes, you know, yeah. I, I can't change what my friends or my partners want to do. I can only mm-hmm. change my relationship to them through me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the thing about it is that I I think like for it to be an addiction, it has to be impacting your life negatively. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like somebody else could be in a relationship, you know, people have open marriages, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're fine with that. People, um, somebody could be, somebody could have a lot of work hours, you know, like work a really full full week, but be then showing up for his family in a way that satisfies his or her family, Mm -hmm. you know? So the thing that's tricky about it is you can't be like, oh, if somebody works a 60 hour week, then therefore they're not capable of intimacy. I I don't think that's true. Yeah. But I think like work is really something that it's easy to be addicted to and to use and to use on, if you will.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So it was hard when I was writing the book because I was, it's not my story, I should say it's, it's Mm -hmm. it's fictional this one, but I used that template that Mm -hmm. I used in my life, but I changed her circumstances. Um, Kat is not, she's not, she doesn't have a substance problem at all. I just wanted to do a deep dive and a look at love addiction and sex addiction and fantasy addiction and relationship Mm -hmm. addiction. And I just wanted to like, you know, look at that. And it's, as you're reading, I wanted it to be like, wait, is this okay? Or is that not okay? Mm -hmm. Is that okay? Or is that not okay? Because as she's going along at the beginning, it's almost like, Uh, I think my first TikTok book talk thing is going to be like, this is not a rom-com. It's almost like it is a rom-com, but this book is not a rom-com. You know, it has romance, it has comedy, but it's not a Mm rom-com.
0: And I think, well, that's the interesting thing as well is, I think what happens is, is when you are in a relationship or whenever you're, even if it's not a relationship, you're dating somebody and things like that. Yeah. It is it, it it is like you were saying when it becomes a negative thing to you, so when you realize it's taking over your mind or taking over your life, taking over your emotions and 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 taking over how you're feeling every day is it's not what you're doing, it's what the person that you're with is doing and how you know whether it's their work however they're reacting to your text message, yeah that's when you know uh, not when you know, but when something might not be right is when the littlest things like that are negatively impacting you in ways that maybe they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Um, And that's when it is a case of then you look at yourself and you think, well, what, why, why is this? Why, why, (laughs) why is this affecting me? What, what made me learn this behavior or realize this behavior to understand, you know, why it's affecting me. And I mean, I've had conversations with some of my friends and some things that they do I don't understand and some things I do, they don't understand, but that's because yeah. obviously we've all had very different journeys, very different relationships and very different paths. But, you know, you can see a friend go through something and you can think I'd never tolerate that. But then yeah. you could go through something and they'd say, what are you doing? Why are you tolerating that? But yeah, it's until you see it yourself, what, where your barriers are and where your boundaries are. But it's a really difficult place to get to. And I think like what we're talking about today People don't realize how important it actually is because every, everyone, I mean, some people might never, ever, ever find love. I I know that. and might never actually be with someone, but more people than not go through a heartbreak or a, or a something which is oh, just, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, there are some people who choose never to be in relationships because it's yeah. just too scary to be... Yeah to open oneself up which is another which is a heartache all in and of itself
0: you know yeah no and I understand that because I know people that you know they're too scared to either if they've been hurt already get hurt again but then get hurt in the first place yeah um
1: I had to get hurt a lot before I could write this book yeah I had to get hurt a lot like like I really wish, like, I could have written it twenty five years ago, you know, and be like coming out with it twenty five years ago. But I, I, I couldn't because I needed to be hurt, yeah, a lot, and get back up. Thought <laughs> I'd work that in there.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just slide it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, always, it's always recognized. Yeah. Yeah. You I know, think- it's.
1: No, no, you go. And you were going to say, "Well, just you just sparked something when you were talking about like your friends." Like one of my like most embarrassing, lowest of my lows was I was dating somebody and um, he didn't show up for a date. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to come over and he didn't show up. And rather than just be blown out, I think I called his cell phone like a hundred times. Yeah. Like being like, please call me back. Uh, And that's like the kind of gross side of it. Like that kind of like uh, neediness, you know, which, I mean, it is what it is. I was triggered. Mm -hmm. I was like in my abandoned child with this person, which also like it, it, if you're, when I found that when I'm in that, you really attract people who want to be apart from you because it's not something that is attractive, mm-hmm. that place, because, you know, adults want to be with adults. They don't want mm-hmm. to be with children.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think that's, it, that's, again, the interesting thing is it's it's the, what triggers you. Um, and there's a reason what's triggering you is triggering you. And believe me, I'm sure we've all, when we look back, there are things that, we kind of look back and think, "Oh my god, I can't believe I did that, or I, I said that, or why did I, I do that, or why did I call this?" You know, I know. But at the time, for whatever reason, it was that was all, that was the only way you could cope with what you were going through.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, and I think, like you said, you know, you wish you'd written this book twenty five years ago. But then, had you not, unfortunately, have been through, you know, the, each partner and each heartbreak and each yeah. hurt. It wouldn't have made you then realize the next step or the next thing or the next yeah yeah, know, yeah what
1: you know what was triggering you if that makes yeah. sense yeah and I wasn't even sober twenty five years ago you know? yeah it's crazy it's crazy yeah.
0: yeah I think that's it's it's again something that's really interesting is um you know some people you know can find the love of their life the first person they meet in their teens or their twenties and that's it's amazing. It's amazing. Mm. And then there are some people that don't. Um mm. and I think it's it's again for the people that don't. I know a lot of people they kind of can get to a point where they just feel like they're never gonna meet someone or it's 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 they're never gonna this or they're never gonna that or it's never gonna be happy, it's never gonna be okay. But I think it is as long as you start to realize that and understand that it can be, as long as you figure out kind of what's going on in a way, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: I mean, the other thing to think about is
1: those people who find their life partner early, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that those people don't have trauma that they need to recover from. Yeah, You know, like it's often once you're in a secure relationship that the other person triggers you. And if you're in a healthy relationship, you can go, okay, what's this? Yeah. You know, and you can heal those little bits that come up. Mm Mm-hmm so you can have that, you can have a journey of self-discovery, self-discovery mm-hmm. and trauma healing whilst in an intimate relationship too, which mm-hmm. is interesting. I think. Yeah. And I think I, again, no, go on. I was just going to say, cause I started, um, a podcast called without you mm-hmm. where, um, it's my, cause I thought that all these issues are so interesting. So I, I, I got, um, a psychotherapist and, um, An anonymous addict, and they both Mm -hmm. sort of specialize in sex and love addiction. And Sophie, the addict, um, she cites as one of her sort of avenues of recovery, um, her marriage and being in that um, relationship with her partner as like being part of her healing journey Mm -hmm. still from her sex and love addiction.
0: Yeah. I find that fascinating because I have read books where I've seen that, that people have said that they were going through, you know, their traumas and their mm. healing while they met their partner and they're still with their partner. And actually mm. that partner helped them, you know, through it and helped them uh, uh, get through, you know, the healing and work on it, which is amazing. And then some people, obviously, the partner's don't help, and they can't help, or not even it's them that you realize. Actually, wait a minute, this isn't helping me. Um, and I think that's something also really important when you do go through a breakup, um, because again, they happen at every age, um, yeah. you know. And and when you do go through a breakup, you know, every person, whether it's one to ten to more people that you date afterwards. They can again. They can bring out different things in you, even if it's one date. They can show you something different that maybe yeah. someone else didn't show you before. And it's amazing how sometimes other triggers can come out and other things can and suddenly arise that you didn't see in the year before, but now you're suddenly seeing today. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing. Mm. And I think it's just it's like you were saying as well. It's 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 working on that. And working on those feelings, because those triggers, whatever they are, for whatever reason they've happened, they can be um, not fixed, but they can be dealt with or they can be looked into. And you can kind of rewire those triggers. So the next person isn't going to trigger you in that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the hope. Mm. The hope is with each trigger. You you heal that little pocket. yeah. It's interesting too, because I know you, obviously you've recovered physically from an accident and a lot of this, what I learned and what I also did alongside the therapy is I did a lot of body work because we actually hold these, these emotional traumas and hold them physically in our bodies, like little pockets here and there.
0: Yeah, no I've uh, no I've I've seen that happen and I've heard of it and it's it's amazing how that it's amazing how that happens. It's unreal. Our our bodies are so 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 smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely amazing. And it's actually really nice because just before when you mentioned your husband, um I noticed obviously for people that are listening and can't see this, but I noticed when you mentioned him and you said that he um he wanted to spend more time with you. I noticed your face. It kind of, it lit up. <laughs> I like it is now, but I noticed as soon as you said it and I wanted to flag it, I wanted to mention it because I noticed as soon as you said it, how I, I noticed the smile and I just was like, Oh, it like, it warmed my heart. So I was like, those are the moments that, but those are the moments that I love to see in other people, whether, you know, I just love to see those kind of things in other people because when you find people that you do love and, and love you back in, in such a beautiful way, yeah. they, they make you smile like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah.
0: And also like
1: when we're talking about like patterns that were learned in childhood, you have to live those patterns for a while. Yeah over and over and over again before you start to go wait whoa whoa wait why am I just like <laughs> doing this why am I just I want to stop doing this why am I doing this I'm like I keep doing this oh I learned to do this when I was a kid oh yeah. but like so like I feel like you know you you have to these are like for me it was the crisis of my 30s yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I think it's amazing though, when sometimes whatever the pattern is, whatever the trigger is, one day you just sit back and you're feeling it. And then you just, one day you just sit back and you go, wait a minute.
1: I'm not feeling that anymore.
0: <gasps> yeah. You're like, I'm not feeling it. Or you get to the like the stage just before they're not feeling it. And you kind of, you've instead of yes. being so triggered by it, yes, that's are spiraling into your usual patterns and habits and coping mechanisms. You actually sit back and you go, okay, I'm being triggered why am I being, and that, that moment when That's you amazing. sit there and you go, why? Mm-hmm. It is one of the most liberating feelings. And you, you're can just feel, like, you can feel, you oh. can feel the trigger.
1: Like, it's like, it's like, it's right there. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, you're about to put on the coat and you can feel it, but you're going, I don't necessarily have to put this yeah, coat yeah. on. Let's hold the coat here and let's look at the coat. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's right there about to overwhelm you. And you're like, <laughs> I'm just, and you can pause and you
0: can have that yeah. breath.
1: It's amazing when that happens. Yeah.
0: yeah. That is exactly how it is. You pause, you have that breath and you, you it's like, you're holding it. You're right. Yeah. You're holding it. And you're just like, right. I can see you now. Yeah. And, and you start to be like, okay, so the body's not reacting how it usually is. What's, what, what have I, what, yeah. what am I working out? And yeah. as soon as you, because people can have plenty of triggers, but as soon as you even have one of those moments, it's. It's amazing. It's amazing. And that's change.
1: Yeah. That is change. And that is what, I mean, I think it's hard to change. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, especially when like you could just, like I said at the beginning, especially when you could just be like, oh, well, that didn't work. Yeah. You know, oh, well, they cheated on me. That didn't work. On to the next. Oh, well. Ha, ha, ha. Just not good Mm -hmm. at picking them. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) And you could just keep going on, you know? Yeah. but you know like for me I just I couldn't keep going on it was just too painful like some people say oh it takes a lot of courage but like for me it felt like I was too scared to keep living that way like I had
0: to do something about it yeah but I think that's the thing is as soon as you get that tiny bit of change then you know you know that you're either ready or you're willing or somewhere inside of you has gone right yeah let's, let's figure this out now um let's let's do this let's change this and I yeah. think this is what's interesting again about this conversation is that you know obviously what I talk about a lot of the times with other people on the podcast are you know a lot of other kind of recoveries but people don't I think I said this before is is love and and heartbreak or you know anything that comes with being in love with someone or even not love infatuation with someone or any kind of thing that comes with it can be so soul-destroying sometimes yeah um and I think people don't realize or they don't appreciate actually that it's so okay but there's so many people going through this in the world and that actually people do need to talk about it and people do need to listen to things about it because Just because your heart's broken, but, you know, someone else's legs are broken, that doesn't make anything different. That doesn't make their legs broken any different to your heartbreak, because heartbreak single handedly is one of the worst feelings in the world. So have you got kind of any advice then for somebody that, you know, is going through a similar position to maybe that you were going through? um, And maybe that's the thing they don't they don't see where it's going yet. They don't see their way out yet. They don't see kind of that glimmer or that light of hope yet. Kind of Uh, what would you say to them?
1: You know what I did is when I was in my worst, I had like for some reason somebody had given me for my birthday, like right before it all happened, this set of five candles. And I would like light one every night and like be going to bed sobbing. Mm -hmm. And I just kept thinking time heals all wounds. It really does. Mm-hmm. you know. But I would, for anybody, I mean, I am such a big believer in trauma recovery. Mm-hmm. I'm such a big believer in taking that time to look at it, it, it. I'm so glad I took the time I did to look at why I ended up where I was. Yeah. You know, and I would encourage everybody to do that. There are so many resources out there. Like if you think it's an addiction, there are support groups for addictions and it's definitely worth going to those Um, addiction versus trauma recovery. They're two different things. Mm -hmm. Addiction is something from which we get a daily reprieve Mm -hmm. and trauma recovery has a beginning, a middle and an end you know and it's that physical thing and it's it's getting that trauma out of your body out of your psyche and mm-hmm. letting it go um but i i you know i'm involved i i do both in my life mm-hmm. and um and then i would triple with that actual physical body work there's so many they know so much more now than they did you know 20 years ago you know 15 years ago whenever i was like doing all this work, there's so much more stuff now. There's EMDR, which is amazing. There's somatic healing, which is amazing. And like, so there are different paths that people can go on to find what works for them. I don't like recommending like one thing because then somebody can go, Oh, well that, that won't work for me (laughs) or, Oh, I don't like her. So I don't want to do what she did because there are so many different paths right now. Like we, it's a fruitful age to, live in to help yourself emotionally and psychologically
0: no definitely i agree and i think one thing it's really important to know it's okay to be vulnerable
1: absolutely it's
0: it's the scariest thing in the world to be vulnerable and to put yourself out there because the fear of rejection Mm. whatever the rejection is whatever whatever it is that you want to put yourself out there for the fear of rejection um, whether it's sending a text message that you're not sure you should send like any kind of rejection is is a horrible feeling.
1: Yeah,
0: um, But I think the thing is, is being vulnerable and putting yourself out there can actually take you to some of the most amazing places yeah. and some of the most amazing people. And if you don't make yourself vulnerable, you actually will, might miss those opportunities and those people because you were too scared to get yeah. hurt. Yeah, And I think that's also, it's important that, you know, you might get hurt, Whatever it is, for whatever reason, more than once, it could happen two, three, four, ten times. It it, it could continue to happen. But at one stage, one point, hopefully it will stop. Yeah, Um, it will stop. And whenever it does get to that point, all the work you've done and all the people you've met and whatever it is that has got you to that person, will be that person for you because you were vulnerable and you worked on whatever it is to get you to that person. That Oh
1: know. yeah. It's so totally like, I mean each time I was going through like a massive breakup, I'd be like, oh, I'm never going to love again. <laughs> I'll never find anybody who's as good as he was. He was so amazing. But like somehow I landed on my feet. Like I wouldn't yeah. trade my situation, you know, and if I hadn't gone through all those things, I wouldn't have my son, you know, yeah. like, and you just think it just somehow all ching, ching 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 went the right way. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank, Thank you very you. much for Thank joining you.
1: me. You've got to let your mom read my book.
0: Yeah, I will. I will. So, where can you find your book?
1: Well, I have it right here. <laughs> it's everywhere. I mean, in America, it's Amazon, so it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. But it's also you can get it at Waterstones. Not you have to go in, You can get it online everywhere. Mm-hmm. Or you can go into your local bookshop and just ask for it. You have to um, make sure you don't do the numbers, but you do N-I-N-E-T-Y. <laughs> um, and so I have a couple of friends who just went to their local bookstore and had it ordered in, which is so cool. So anywhere. Yeah anywhere
0: perfect. perfect yeah it's amazing well I'll have a look and see if there's uh, any uh, in my bookstores as well so I was actually in the waterstones over the weekend so I should have had a look so go
1: and ask them so, tell them oh, I want this book stocked it's so good okay I will
0: yeah. <laughs> I will well, it's been an absolute pleasure to it's been a to pleasure be so being well. here thank, thank you. you it was a pleasure having you on the show Jen and remember to pick up a copy of her book 90 days without you So this week, have a deeper dive into your habits, your coping mechanisms, and what might be triggering you. The things you discover might be quite interesting. So thank you for joining me. I'll see you next time.